Oh my gosh. I'm so happy right now looking at you that I'm going to cry. Oh, I'm pretty excited seeing you and seeing everybody's face. This is like, it should be. I, I mean, know. just the fact that you guys would show up for me, like all of you, I feel like it's like a party. everybody. It's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. Welcome. I am so glad that you're here. I have a special surprise for you today. On today's podcast, I get to speak to all of the women from the Take Up Your Mat podcast. I know them all personally and I love them. They're amazing. You're going to love them too. They're brave and bold and faithful and courageous and just beautiful inside and out. So welcome to this conversation. I will be including all of their names and how to reach them and how to listen to their podcast in the show notes. So there's no need to take any notes here. Just sit back and enjoy. And I want you to meet Mia Neuenhoff, Jen Froning, Carrie Tomberlin, Kelsey Zahn Melton, Pam Milner, Kimberly Mervin, and Wendy Landon. I know you're going to love them like I do. Welcome. What I would love to start is if someone would want to explain how the podcast started and why, like how that all came together. Because, you know, Great Big Yes is all about women following their dreams. But what I love about what you do is not only that you started the podcast, but that's collaboration. And it's all women like helping each other be their best selves kind of thing. So would, who is like, who would want to speak to that? Yeah. Okay. Um, I went to Holy Yoga um, Experience in Dallas, and four different women, Brooke, Johnny, me, somebody else that was teaching there, brought four different messages from John 4, and it really hit me how God reveals different things to each of us, and how much I gained that day, and I just started blathering about doing a podcast um and pam was not on board (laughs) at all took some convincing but and just put together a list of people that i love and love to hear their reflections on what god has to say I love it. And when I asked you guys to come on the podcast, you were like, well, it's a little like herding cats. So I can imagine trying to like schedule that and make it come to fruition is probably kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> um, how often do you record? Once a week, but we originally had planned to do it once every two weeks. Uh, but then COVID happened and we just saw there was a need. And the crazy thing is everybody submitted scripture and every week i mean we had it scheduled out for a couple of months and every week the scripture was just bang on from the holy spirit you know oh i love it that's so awesome all right it's not hard it's 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 kind of easy because if somebody has to miss then there's somebody there to pick up the bucket you know so would you guys mind going around and just kind of saying who you are where you live and 
just saying hello. So everybody kind of gets an idea because this is the first time I've had this many people on the podcast. In fact, the only time it's always just either me or one other person, or I did have a couple on once, but this is, um, so there's eight of us on here right now. So Mia, go ahead. You can start since you already spoke. Yep. I am Mia Neuenhoff and I am in uh, Caldwell, Texas. Awesome. Pam? Uh, yes, this is Pam Milner, and I am also in Caldwell, Texas, on the opposite side of the county from Mia. But you guys are together in your yoga studio. Yes, yes. We have, we own two yoga studios together. Yes. I didn't know two. When did that happen? Yes, we have one in Brenham and one in Bryan. Did I know this? Has I it been know. a long time? Now now you do so we need we need all the college kids that are coming back in about five days to show up and do some yoga because more than ever they're going to need yoga they've got a lot of things to overcome in this new world in college yes we all need yoga right now although it's interesting because i don't feel like doing yoga right now i feel like riding the bike and running and and like something more aggressive almost like getting getting out the um I don't know. Anxiousness, I guess. Carrie. Hi, Sue. I'm Carrie Tomberlin, and I'm in a little town right outside of Albuquerque in New Mexico. Awesome. Kelsey. Hi, everybody. This is Kelsey Zahn Melton, and I live in Pasadena, but like Los Angeles. Same, same. So pretty. I'm obsessed with um, Los Angeles, million dollar real estate, Los Angeles. And they just went to Pasadena. Oh, and did they? It was so pretty. Oh, man. I mean, I'm originally from the Midwest. And so when I watch those shows, my soul dies a little bit because <laughs> I'm like, houses should not cost this much money. Oh, I know. I know. Where are you from in the Midwest? Michigan. Okay. I'm from Chicago. Yeah, girl. So yeah. good. Although I feel for Chicago right now, I'm watching the news kind of like, whoa, what's happening? Yeah. yeah, that's wild. Jen Froning. Hey, hey, I'm Jen. I'm in North Carolina. I got to put the, um, just put it out there because I am like in a mess because my heart, my middle son, Evan, moves out tomorrow. So I'm Where is he headed? He's going to Appalachian State in the mountains here in North Carolina. Yeah, so I'm super excited for him, but it's, it's just so weird, all this transitional stuff going on. Everything that's happening is changed, new in my life right now. Now I've got this huge, you know, <sighs> big thing that's happening, but um, at least it's, I'm distracted a little bit, so. Anyway, I am so happy to be here, Sue, and just to see all of you guys and your faces and hear your, um, hear your voices and seep in your wisdom. So happy to be here. Same. I'm so excited to see you guys. Kimberly, how are you? Uh, I'm Kimberly Mervin and I hail from Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. And I'm really excited to be here with you all. It's so good to see everybody's faces. We haven't really connected in a while. So yeah, so, so grateful to be here, Sue. It's so good to see you again. And I love the whole Canada thing. You know, I've been taking a um, course from a guy, I have a membership for my coaching 
And the guy who's like the guru of memberships, his name is Stu McLaren, and he's in Canada. Nice. And there's all these people in Canada in this group. And so now I just, I mean, I've always loved people from Canada, but now I feel like I know a lot of people from Canada. You have <laughs> so to come visit us all. <laughs> yes. I want to. Hi, Wendy. How are you? I am so good. I am so good. And fellow Canadian or another Canadian Love to it. that wonderful pile of Canadians. I'm Wendy Landon and I am in Innisfil, Alberta, Canada. And I too am super stoked to be here. It is beautiful to see everybody. Happy Tuesday, everyone. It's so good. Thanks for being here. Wendy was on my podcast before talking about her book, which is amazing. So thanks for coming back. All right, so you guys know I wanted you to come on because I love you and I trust you and I think you're all amazing. And I just wanted to kind of see how you feel about what's happening. Um, not to get like into what's happening, but more how are you handling what's happening? Like how are you staying sane? How are you feeling hopeful? How are you, like what's making you laugh? You know, like I'm, I'm like so grateful for these people who put out funny memes. Like I'm like desperately searching for funny things. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking of things I miss like the movie theater, you know, and concerts and, um, you know, all we care about right now in Texas, I'm in Austin. So all we care about is, you know, football. And I have a senior, a son who's worked so hard to get to his senior year of football. You know, and we're waiting with bated breath. Right now we have a season planned. We have games planned. But now the Big Ten just said they're not going to play, you know, right? So it's every day we're kind of like, you know, and then I told somebody that I'm coaching, we were talking, and I was like, well, you know, I think the key is to not think ahead and not worry about the future. And she just was like, yeah, that's really hard to do, right? So um, how are you guys kind of coping with this? Yeah, Carrie. So when you sent out our little email of what we're going to talk about, the first question is, how do you stay sane? <laughs> and for me, honestly, I had to remove myself from Facebook just because I would find myself scrolling and just, you said you wanted to keep it real, right, Sue? We're going to tear down the Christian, you know, happy, yeah. smiley thing. I was filled with so much hatred and anger when I'd scroll through Facebook, not just to people I don't care about, but to people I love, my friends, my people who are near and dear to me, I hated them. And it just wasn't giving me life. And so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take July, I'm going to step away. I'm just going to step away from this. And it was kind of, you know, I got a little bit afraid because, you know, I teach yoga. I, so many of my friends are from across the country and that's how I stayed connected. But, um, I disconnected. I, I, moved Facebook to the deep recesses of my phone where you have to scroll like three or four times to get to it. And I turned off the notifications. And um, let me tell you, so, so freeing to do oh, that awesome. because it shifted my focus to when I think of a friend, I can think of the beautiful things about them. I can think of the things I love versus their position on masks or traveling, you know? And so I found for me to stay sane, um, I was filled instead of the anger and the hatred and all of the horrible things that I felt every single one, instead of cussing <laughs> every other minute in my head, I was able to um, praise them and bless these people. And just, I was able to use that time and just be a little more creative. 
So puzzles and painting and writing and a lot of more fun things versus anger and hatred. So for me to stay sane was getting the heck off of Facebook. Oh, I Can love I that. Go ahead, Jen. Okay, so I was just gonna say, Carrie, uh, number one, Carrie did inspire me and I got my paints out. And it's so much fun. I had so much fun and she just was such an encouragement to me. Um, but I am curious, Carrie, like, what were you so like annoyed with? Like what was the Facebook posts that were annoying you? Was it like the political stuff or the, like all the masks, I guess, that we put on, but I don't know why. I think just, it was everything. I think I was contentious in my spirit. And so whether I agreed with someone or didn't, I. I think there was just so much information coming our way. And Facebook is just this platform where everyone feels they have to share what they're thinking in the moment. And that's not really necessary. You know, it doesn't build up. And so I, people claiming, I don't want to wear a mask. My rights are trampling. That would piss me off. <laughs> people claiming the opposite, whatever the opposite is, you know, you need to hide out in your houses. Well, that would piss me off. Everything just got me angry. I, I just reacted instead of responded to things. And so for me, it just took me to a bad place. It just, it just took me to a bad place where I was just mad at everybody. No matter what they said, I was mad. Kind of like what Mia said. She's standing in the street throwing rocks. For me, just everyone made me want to throw rocks in their teeth. And so it was probably awesome for you to step away. And then you get like a different perspective. And I think that's what this whole time has done for me. I feel like it's like been a stepping away from the busyness of my life, from the um, schedule of my life, which I always have said for so long. And I know it's true about me that I thrive on schedule, but stepping away from the amount of stuff that I had in my schedule, I think has been I can't even begin to tell you how it has like made me come alive. And the other thing is this whole like idea of identity and how I always said I struggled with change and I was, I've really been thinking about a lot about this. Like what about this time has helped me find kind of find myself a little bit more because I feel like everything I used to consider the things I used to identify myself have been taken away. And I think that that's it. That's it in a nutshell is that when that was stripped away and I don't have like, a, like that idea of that false self, you know, like Richard Gore calls it the false self. I guess other people do too. But, you know, when that whole thing was stripped away and like my role and my titles, whatever they are, trust me, they're not that big of a deal. It's like plant watering at the studio, you know, whatever. It's like super simple things. But when, when some of my, um, I guess, roles were, not there anymore it's just like I was stuck with the basic most uh rawest most the deepest part of who I am and it's okay I don't mind not having all those rules I don't mind having that schedule freed up it just feels to me if you and I, I mean you know it's been a roller coaster but in this day in this moment I feel really good but I know what you mean about being annoyed. Sometimes I'm like, why do people have to say every single thing that they say? And it's always, it comes in a, in a, you, when they bring it in 
with a defensive um, spirit rather than a loving spirit, you don't, the person that they're trying to tell whatever they're trying to tell to this won't hear it. We have to come with love. We have to come with an um, attitude where like we're being authentic to who we are, but we're also inviting the people that we're trying to talk to to be authentic to who they are. Then people will hear you. That's when we start, you know, whatever, making an influence, you know, influencing others, which that's a whole nother story that I want to get into too. But anyway, yeah, that's where I am. Jen, I was just thinking when you were saying that, you know, when we're stripped of our false self and then you're comfortable in that space, like you being comfortable in that space is really beautiful because I think that speaks to your connection to God and your connected connection to your source and who you are. Um, I think it's really uncomfortable if you don't feel that and you have no more mask to wear. So not that that's not a good thing, that us getting uncomfortable can be a really good opportunity for all of us to grow. It's like a collective consciousness of growing, but it's hard, right? You like everybody doesn't get unmasked and then be like, this is, okay, I'm safe here, but you've done the work for years. And I'm not saying you feel like that all the time, but I think there's people who are being unmasked and now they don't know where to go. They don't know their source. Kelsey, did you have something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a theologian named Nicholas, Nicholas? Finocchio. Um, But he talked about how it is in relationship with that we figure out our identity and in our relationship to others, right? So we learn how to be who we are in relationship with other beings. And as a culture and as a society, we've learned to kind of like bucket people as well. I used to use the analogy of like, you know, at like a post office, how they have all the mail slots. And we're like, you go in this slot and you go in this slot and you go in this slot. And we're like, we are constantly putting ourselves in these different identity slots and going like, this is who I am. And in this season, it's been really interesting because like Jen was talking about, so many of those things just like disappeared in a sense. Like we couldn't access the mail slots anymore. It was like, we can't get at this, which is why everyone turned to social media and Facebook to try to get that, like, this is who I am. Give me identity. I'm so uncomfortable. Like it was a um, alleviation. Like you were talking about that need to like do a harder workout. It's this anxious energy that we have to get out of our bodies. Right. And when I heard Nicholas Finocchio talking about this realization of like, have identity in relationship, right. To others, to things, whatever. But Ephesians 1:11 says it is in Christ that I find out who I am and what I'm living for. And that's where Jen can find her peace. Because if she isn't going to her phone, her inbox, her whatever, to distract herself from that deep work of getting uncomfortable and going into those sticky places, mind you, everyone who's listening, this is coming from a meditation teacher. (laughs) I am the person who's like, I will get all up in the uncomfortable. Sometimes. Sometimes I want to deal with none of it. Mm. I am a human also. I'm like, give me Netflix all day. Right. But- it is in that space of going like, Lord, literally even today before this guys, I was not in an awesome place. And I was just like, I don't got this. I don't have, like I was looking at the questions and I was like, I have no hope. I have no answers. What do you want from me? I'm not sane. I'm not sane. She's going to ask me what's keeping me sane and I'm not sane. Yeah, I'm not sane. 
But what I, I felt in my soul is like, put on worship music and sing your heart out while you make lunch and reset yourself and be able to come to the table and reconnect to that. It is in Christ that you know who you are and what you're living for. Even if it's in in this moment, you can't touch it. Like even if it's in this moment, you can't sit with the discomfort. You can hold it just a little bit with that knowledge. I could ramble about this all day. I'll stop. Well, Mia has I love that, but I'd love to ask you, what would you say to somebody who doesn't know Christ? Like, this is my question. Like, how can we help people understand? Because honestly, if they're looking at Facebook, they're seeing a lot of Christians acting like assholes. Mm-hmm. What do we do? How do we share Jesus? How do we share that hope? How do we share that that feeling inside of us that's like at peace, no matter what outside circumstances are. Now we're not perfect. We're human beings, but we can get to that peace. And we understand that this is not our home. How do Uh, we share that? Go ahead, Mia. uh, No, I was just going to say two things speaks to that. So I had posted, I am that person that posts. I had posted a picture of this very unkempt, white supremacist with the caption, you know, about how it stems from a, a, a broken place that they're like this, but there is all sorts of responses. And even mine was a very secular post and Pam comes in, all bases are loaded and Pam comes in and just swings this home run um, because she brings it back to God. And she, she, all she did was post this, beautiful prayer for this unnamed, unknown white supremacist. And I just thought, you know, girl, that is such a good example because there is, you know, somebody had posted, I, if I'd seen him, I'd have kicked his ass and all of this. And Pam's just like, you know, Jesus. So that was really beautiful. But I want to back to reality. Edit that. That's not reality. That is real. But um, to what Jen said, what I struggled with, Jen, is like on my screen, and Pam's seen this, on my screen, I have my life in a spreadsheet. And it's usually just with everything to do. And it's empty. And it makes me nuts. And, you know, you give busy people stuff to do. And when I'm not busy, I accomplish nothing. The things I do have to do just sort of get show to the side. So I need help with that. Well, and I keep, I keep coming back and I don't even know what this means, but I keep coming back to the old Testament when it would be six years of working the land. And then there would be a a land, a year of um, rest for not only the people that work the land, but also for the land itself. And then I was thinking about that and how, um, and then that land, you know, like people that are needy can come in, um, and work the land and glean the produce that comes from the land. And I was just thinking about how, I mean, our world needs this time of rest. We are so constantly doing and be, you know, instead of just being, we're constantly doing. And that's how we're trying to form our identity in our doing. But the, but the Lord keeps saying, nope, I want you to come back and form your identity in me and let the land rest. Let me fill up the people that have been striving in the wrong places to be filled up. 
and I'm going to make space because you're going to be over here resting. The land's resting. Now I have, I'm going to fill them up in a new way. And then they're going to start to, hopefully we can be, you know, a beacon of light for people who have never met the Lord. Instead of being frustrated at one another because they maybe don't look at it exactly the same way I do. Or, I mean, we're all coming from the same place. That's where... I just struggle so much because I'm kind of a peacemaker and I want, I can always find the middle. I can find the middle ground. I can talk middle ground with this person. I can talk middle ground with this person, but then I feel like then now I don't have a conviction. So it's, it's so hard, but that's why this time of rest has been life-giving. Okay, it was so beautiful about what Pam had written in that post because it wasn't condemning anyone. It wasn't shaming anyone. It was just, you know, hey, let's pray for this guy. And I thought it was a beautiful example to my friends that aren't Jesus followers. Well, because as Jesus followers, aren't we humble enough to understand that, like, we're one step away from being somebody who could be really angry and kill somebody? I mean, I hate to say that, but, like, really. I mean, we're not immune to, like, falling into sin. Yeah. And so for Pam to come in and pray is exactly the posture that we should have. So yay, Pam, rock star. Well, I'm going to, well, let me just say this. So, you know, I, I have been extremely, well, I started off just up and down and I actually had that conversation, I think with Mia today. Hey, I'm having a great day. I'm ready to just like grow the studios and do this, but call me at five because I might've changed my mind, right? <laughs> I mean, that has been, it has not even been day to day sometimes. Sometimes it's morning to afternoon. Yes. And um, like, you know, I think I must get this look because my husband just goes to the barn to paint because he's mm -hmm. an artist and he has a studio out there. So like, he just doesn't even, I get a look. That's all I can think. But I was telling Mia, I, so, so back up, you know, we've been going through all this with open the studio, close the studio, and just all these other things. And um, then we're, our son, you know, Sue, you mentioned um, about your son has worked to get to the senior year and play golf and, I mean, uh, uh, football. And, you know, Jen is talking about identity. And so we're, we're getting ready to have this wedding. Our last son is getting married. It's going to be in July. There's 600 people invited. Say the wow. date cards have gone out. Yeah. In January, December, okay. I don't know. And then they have to write letters to all of those people to tell them, sorry, not invited. We love you. But, you know, you just didn't make the list because it ended up having to get to below 200. So, you know, our world was kind of turned upside down, but you know, this is just who I am. And I, 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 am not always like this, but I try to see the positive, right. And what, what Jen just said, so resonated with me right now is maybe he's asking us to slow down and look at what is really important in our lives. And believe me, Sue, I, if we don't have football in the fall, there's going to be tears right? There's just going to be tears. But also, is it an opportunity to reevaluate? Not that we don't, that, not that fall football is not important, but have we gotten off track somewhere to where we're putting all of this stuff as important 
and we're not and we're we're just missing time with him and so that's kind of one part of it and we did survive the wedding and it was wonderful and there were 200 and we came home got through the 14 days nobody has had COVID, so praise jesus for that there were a lot of old, there were a lot of old people there and the kids were really worried about that you know and um our kid you know just is this the right thing to do um but anyway so after we got home i started like carrie just getting really angry about everything that i saw and it and um so i just said and i i just said i have to do something different and so this will show you how i don't really understand how facebook even works but i decided i was going to do a hundred days of prayer every day I was going to get up. I was going to, and some days it's so crazy random what God lays on me to pick a scripture. Some days I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Um, but what, what he said to me is I need you to stop being angry about everything. And I need you to turn that into a positive. And for me, that way was to create this Facebook page that committed for the next hundred days to pray every day that I would pick a scripture, I'd pray over that scripture and I made it very clear. I didn't want any politics because there's plenty of that out there. And one of the reasons I created this. Okay. So I invited 41 people as a private group. There's 191 people on the Facebook page now. I don't know where they came from because it's private. So how did they get in there? That's another topic. Somebody that's smart about Facebook can text me later and tell me, but today I was like, I don't know that person. I don't know that person. And there's 191 people that are there. And it's crazy. He knows them. He knows them, yes. <laughs> but anyway, I just, um, you know, I, I just, I am taking it back to prayer. That's for me. And um, that I just feel like, there's just nothing new that's happening. Yes, it's COVID-19 and it has a different name. But when I get into those Old Testament scriptures. Yep. It's sin. I mean, it's sin. I mean, you know, it's uh, no, it was a drought for six years. You know, the stories are. And so I just encourage you, if you're not a believer, just to pick up the word of God and, and maybe just try it or call someone that, you know, that is a believer and just, just try to get a little taste of it because then we know without a doubt that he's sovereign and we're going to be okay no matter what. So, yeah, I think, um, I don't think, I know the most important thing about each of us is what we believe about God. And so when I listen to these conversations, I can see what each of these women believe about God, you know, and I really do believe that our way forward is through humility and embracing the ebbs and flows of what is to come. Should it be two years? Should it be six months? Should it be whatever? I, I read an article once and I wish I could give credit to whoever it was, but it was talking about um, Nazi death, Nazi death camps, and how um, the people that survived weren't necessarily the people um, that were hopeful, because they thought five five more minutes and then we'll be rescued. Five more days. They had a they had a timeline. 
it was the people that were realists, but had a deep abiding hope, a deep cornerstone of hope. And so I believe that one of our core obstacles in spiritual formation and an abundant life is the relentless ambition that we've been seeing. It's the need to run the world or to control what happens. And um, what that does is it saps our energy. It steals us of the joy of today and it sabotages our ability to trust. And so I have been in the world and I've had the ebbs and flows. I've had the next Netflix binges. I've had boxed wine in my fridge in case they closed the liquor store. I've like, I've done the things and I've also been in, in God's word. And um, I just want to read Psalm 131 yeah. because this is the song of quiet trust. And I think this is our way forward for all of us, whether we know God or not, it's humility. It's humility. So it says in the message, God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. I don't want to be king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. I've kept my feet on the ground. I've cultivated a quiet heart. Like a baby content in its mother's arms. My soul is a baby content. Wait, Israel, for God. Wait with hope. Hope now. Hope always. Amen. I love that. And I have to tell you, I went to a church I'd never been to this weekend just because I had to get into a church. And it, I told Pam after, it was so good. It was so good to sing with other people. It was so good to yeah. hear somebody else bring the word and just be in the presence of people who love God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My husband's been gone for a long time. And I just realized I miss physical touch. Yeah. Like I have my kids, but like, um, part of my story was my husband went away at the beginning of January. He was considered, um, necessary, essential, essential. essential. <laughs> He's essential to me. <laughs> and, uh, he didn't come home until the end of May. So we, we navigated our lockdown, our isolation without the head of our household here in our home and I just came to realize lately because he's been away again I miss just holding a hand or a touch or a, like hugging my mom hugging my sister her kids it's it's just so odd it's so odd and the longer we go the more I realize I miss that and to be able to embrace that I I miss it and there's something underneath that and I want to I want to investigate that and I want that to be nurtured and I want to nurture that in my kids. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Does anyone listen to Chris Valentin as far as his podcast? Um, he did one and he just mentioned in passing the study they did on rats and it's a horrible study, but um, they put rats, a rat in water, in water and had them tread water. And the study was on <laughs> until he, drowned and it took 15 minutes but what they found is if they rescued that rat before he went under for the last time he could tread water for 60 hours after that 
because he kept expecting it was his hope was sure he just kept expecting that somebody's going to get him out and i think that's how we have to be we have to remember we're treading water but he's going to get us out he promised he doesn't go back on his promises he will it's it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when I can't even believe you said that, Mia, because earlier today, I was just like, I, had, I don't know if I'd call, even call it an image, but I was thinking about, like, um, I just had this picture, I guess, of being in murky water and, like, thinking that I'm doggy paddling toward the light, like, and that's what I want to do. When I get to the light, I'm going to, and I think that I'm getting close to the light, but that's not what's happening he is coming down into the murky water for me. And that image came to me literally like an hour before this call. That's, so That's awesome. So I guess I'm that rat. <laughs> <laughs> me too, girl. Uh, it is quite the imagery. Um, when all of you guys are talking and what Kim had said, you know, that whole intimacy with the Lord, that is, that is the key for each one of us and how we know God and who we know God to be and the intimacy that is being birthed and cultivated and watered and nurtured and um, harvested and redoing it all over again and all different dimensions. And that's really what's happening in real time for each one of us specifically. And I also think of the time when I didn't know Christ and when anything did come against um, that I didn't have my hope set in Christ. What I noticed there was my hope was in external things back before Christ. My hope was in external things. Someone needed to save me. Someone needed to provide for me. Someone needed to, to set me up for success. Someone needed to um, give me the next piece of wisdom. So, like all of my need was external if I didn't know myself. So I was like ravishing books. Not that I'm against that. I think we all need to do that. But I was like looking somewhere else for what I needed, right? And it was out there somewhere. And if I only looked hard enough, if I only fought hard enough, if I was only loud enough, if I was only quiet enough, if I was only whatever, put a qualifier on that. That was the story before Jesus. And, and when I came to Christ, it came to a place where I realized that honestly, everything that I was seeking was found in him. As much as I thought that in Jesus, all things are possible in Jesus, I just thought they were cliches. I'm like, who is this Jesus and what's he all about anyways? And why is everybody giving him so much credit? Um, I knew God, I thought that was enough, right? Um, and, but it wasn't, it wasn't because God was still out there somewhere. And so Jesus made this incredible intimate in connection because now I'm surrendered to him as my wisdom, as my strength, as my authority, as my, not so I can be all that in a piece of cake, but because he is, period. And so therefore, I can lean into him in such profound and intimate ways that when I need hope, I can do that. When I need to curl up and cry this thing out, because yep, we can all claim and own that. When I need to rail and huck rocks, I can do that in his presence. When I need to to rest and, and literally numb out for a little while, whether it be a box of wine or Netflix or whatever, um, he's fine with that too, because I'm curling up with him, you know? And so it's, it's, not, an, it's not a this or that, it's literally a withness. And so in this time of uncertainty and in this time of crazy period, there is still peace that flows. There is still joy in the crazy. There's still 
um, a hope in this insane uncertainty because that's who he is. He never changed, right? And that's what's so profound about him is he doesn't change. And so when we put our hope in him, our hope in him never changes because he doesn't change. And so we can continue to come back to that and lean in and press in and find out more. And so all of these, you know, incredible truths and realities that we're all speaking of, it's not a, are we a good Christian or not? It's literally an opportunity to know Jesus more, an opportunity to enter into intimacy deeper, an opportunity to be uncomfortable with the safeness of Jesus. We don't have to find the safeness out there somewhere because we're going to hit the wall on that all the time. So it's the finding the being uncomfortable with Jesus. It's the literally, you know, Kelsey's talking about this morning, not so much okay. I've got a similar testimony. I found out some information this morning. I was writ, like just, I could, you know, curse the heck out of this reality and yet i took a minute and this is what me and jesus get to do is my flesh is railing like railing and i'm like okay i'm not okay like that's not okay so it's like all right what do i need to do i need to get with jesus like asap <laughs> because in my own flesh i'm gonna be <clears throat> you know bugging out and whatever so it's literally get into worship get into his presence like pound on his chest like what the what lord and then what that does is it allows not only to get out of your body so you know if you need to go for a run do it you need to get on a spin bike do it you need to flow out your yoga do it get it out of your body because you need to and so in that moment i needed to rail with jesus and so i did because i know what happens he does this incredible great exchange so i give him all of my everything my anger, my frustration, my, my all everything. And he gives me back his peace, his joy, but also an incredible righteous anger to rise up appropriately and to bring wisdom to the table and to be able to do that in love because in my own flesh, nothing about me loves that. So now how do I do that? That's supernatural. Only Jesus knows how to do that. So without him, I have nothing in to offer to that particular table but now I do because he shows up in it. And so that is what I think the profoundness of Jesus, one of the amazing things about Jesus is that reality. So if we're in a place where we have no hope, as much as Jesus is the answer, sounds cliche, he honestly is the answer. He, like, honestly, put your requests before him and find out. He will exchange it for what he has. And that is the beauty of Jesus and what real love looks like. And I'm so grateful as a young adult, I found him that I can walk out this crazy side of heaven <laughs> with so him and with each other. So yeah. good. Can I actually speak? I just wanted to back that up with scripture because that was what I taught on this morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. But, um, and I don't even know where it's from. I just have it in my notes, but I don't even have where it's from. But um, this is like my favorite. It says saving is all his idea and all all his work. All we have to do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't even play a major role. If we did, if we did, this is great. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we've done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both by making, does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has already gotten ready for us to do and work we had better be doing. Boom. Love it. So good. 
Um, I was going to trace back to Wendy, everything you were saying. I'm just like, yes. And amening this whole time, just like, yes. And something, um, God has been talking to me a lot about impermanence. And it's funny because I was doing some reading of scripture and research for this meditation that I'm going to lead later this week. And you know how we all think the phrase, this too shall pass, comes from the Bible? Like it's not actually in there. Stop. Which I thought was funny. Really? Yeah. But here's the thing about it is that like... So, oh, I've got so many things trying to come out of my mouth at the same time. (laughs) Okay, we'll start with one. Number one, something that I would like to bring up to all the beings listening to this podcast. Your feelings are one of our greatest threats right now in that uh, we either numb repress, suppress, or channel them into weird ways because we don't allow them to be as they are. And when you can go to the arms of Jesus and you can sit in his lap and you can say, will you hold my anger with me? And you can allow your anger to be as big as it needs to be and you can watch it expand and dissolve. You can let your sadness and your grieving, literally, I was texting all these women two weeks ago and I was weeping on my yoga mat for three hours and I couldn't stop. And it was this space of just being with the Lord and letting those things move through me instead of take me over. Letting them wash out of me instead of remaining in my body like Wendy was talking about. And Pam had mentioned the thing about this has happened in a sense before, not this exact thing, but there's a verse. I've been reading a lot of Ecclesiastes, guys. (laughs) Just a very casual book of the Bible. Um, But chapter three, verse 15 literally says, what is happening now has happened before and what will happen in the future has happened before because God makes the same things happen over and over again. And the verses that precede that are... um, the verses that talk about for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And the word time in this scripture, it goes through all these things that there is a time for. It, it, it literally translates to the word, um, it's Hebrew, the word eighth. And that word speaks of all time, but specifically and especially now. And it is only ever now. And for those of us who you mentioned earlier, right? Like the temptation is to look to the future and get so worried about this future thing. But in scripture, right? It talks so much about like tomorrow has enough worries of its own or today has enough worries of its own, right? So like let tomorrow be because it is only ever now. And our brains, our thoughts like can't handle that. And that's where we give those things to God And we say, I need you to take my worries for tomorrow and be with me in this day, in this moment, in this breath, in allowing the breath or the whatever Wendy was saying, reeling with God, letting that process be an exchange. 
of saying like, you take my fear, my anxiety, my stress, my anger, my rage. And I trust that you will transmute it with your peace. And the part that I was talking about with the impermanence is that that extrinsic thing Wendy was talking about, this looking to the external for peace and all this stuff. It's not going to work out for us. It never does. Everything, even our emotions, these things, they rise and fall, they come and go. They're blown like chaff in the wind, right? But that space within us, that quiet space where we can go and take refuge with the Lord, that space is stable. It's safe. That space is not impermanent. That's like where we find to go back all the way to the beginning of this, that peace in our identity with him. And we can take shelter and refuge there. There's too many words. I'm going to stop now. But can I go back to your original question, Sue, of what can we offer for those who don't believe in God? And this sounds so hopeless, but I struggled with this too. I, early June, I was on the phone with my spiritual director and I just had this ache and this hopelessness in me. I'm like, I don't see an answer to the racial inequality, the injustice, the disease, the arguments, the fighting. I just don't see an answer apart from Christ. And honestly, I don't see this world turning to Christ. There will be a few, yes, who will, but I just don't know that people really will. And so that sounds hopeless to give you that answer. I don't know what the answer is apart from Christ, but here's a suggestion. Um, it comes from the Bible. <laughs> so um, if you don't know the Lord, there, there's a quote, there's a line where it says, anything that is beautiful, anything that is praiseworthy, anything that is lovely. I'm making this up. <laughs> I, I don't have that yeah. memory. But all those beautiful things focus on that. And maybe as you're doing that, maybe, just maybe, um, God will reveal to you um, where those gifts came from. And maybe that'll open a door to coming into relationship with him. Maybe not, but um, at least it's something good to, to fix your mind on. And it's a starting point. And, um, but I will say without God, as everyone else said, it's going to last you five minutes. That piece is going to be like the end of a yoga class. You love Shavasana, but it's about a five minute piece and we're looking for something lasting. And so my answer is God, but um, that. That's, that's my answer, but maybe if you just focus on something beautiful that comes from God, maybe that's the starting point. That's the entry point. What I love too today, I love that, Carrie, for sure. But what I also love is when, when everyone's talking about God um, and they're describing him, you know, I think people grew up in church. I know I grew up in a church where like, I felt like I had to perform for God. And so I couldn't go to God with my anger. That was unbecoming. I couldn't go to God with my um, rage or my sadness or my grieving because I should be grateful. And so I want to um, just offer if people get to know Jesus and they get to understand that he's not offended by us and that we don't have to perform for him. You know, it, it says in scripture, don't role play before the Lord, right? And so he wants us to come fully as ourselves. And so what's so beautiful about everything that everyone said is that came out like you all know Jesus. And it's not about religion and it's not about laws and it's not about, you know, doing it right or wrong, but it's about feeling safe in the arms of the Lord. And what that means is you get to be safe, like all of you, 100%. 
And so like my favorite image of Jesus, he's laughing. And I picture Jesus laughing. Like I know he has a sense of humor and I know he gets a kick out of me. <laughs> and so I actually go to him with things that are like silly and funny and all of that. Like I'm not afraid to be fully myself in front of Jesus. But we are so conditioned to be wearing the mask and, and presenting ourselves in a way that's grateful and not unbecoming and, you know, how, how everyone should behave, um, that we think that God wants us that way too. And all he really wants is all of us. Like he's like, daughter, you don't have to hold back. You don't offend me. I love every single inch of you. And so that's what I want people to get. And I think I didn't even know where this conversation was going to go. But as I sat here listening, I just had tears the whole time because what you are speaking to is who Jesus is. We don't need to know the laws of any religion. We need to get in his word and understand the content of his character. Like, who is he? So if I show up and I want to like visit him, I don't need to be dressed in my Sunday best and I don't need to kneel and genuflect and jump through 14 hoops. I get to go straight to him. I don't need to pray for an intercessor. I get to go straight to him and I get to sit on his lap. I do want to say Kim has a quote um, or Kim, I quote Kim, let me put it that way, uh, about sitting on the trash heap of your life. Kim, can you, because I'll slaughter it. Yeah, it's not my quote. It was um, a teacher that I sat under and I can't remember his name right now, but there's just this idea of um, we like want to hide what's going on inside of our hearts from the Lord that we can clean it up. And he's literally sitting in the middle of the garbage pile that is our heart. <laughs> that's a, it's a harsh way to explain it. But that's the thing is we want to hide all these things. Like somehow we can clean it up and make it good for him. It's like what you were saying, Sue, I don't need to wear my Sunday best. I don't need to, I don't need to role play. I don't need to pretend he sees it all anyways. And he's not like, he's not shocked right. <laughs> that you cussed. He's not shocked that you're angry. He's not shocked and he's big enough to, to handle it all. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. We're not catching him off guard. Oh, I, I just had one more thing. I mean, I really think that for me right now, it's if everyone just took a deep breath and maybe even waited four hours, maybe 16, maybe 24 hours before they responded to anything that triggered an emotion. Um, yes that and also you know one of the things that i wrote in that prayer and that god has really really been speaking to me is for us to not ever say i would never because you just don't know that you would not ever right and my husband and i were walking this morning and that has been one of the joys you know we have had a lot of time to walk in the mornings and talk but I started just going, I'll make this quick, through my family genealogy. <laughs> I was like, I just looked at my husband and said, thank you, Lord. Like, it's just crazy. Like, I could have been so over the, and I was there for a while, but I could have been so far out there. So I don't ever want, I just don't want us to think that we couldn't be that person 
in the Facebook picture holding a sign is we don't know where they came from. So I think we just, you know, we let, we let the Lord be the judge and we just try to be kind and loving and compassionate and thank him that we aren't that person that's holding that sign. That's it. The truth is, is we can't offer anybody what we're not, like we can only offer people what we're willing to give ourselves. So for most of us, um, we've been really conditioned into judging ourselves and the way we're not performing and therefore judging others and how they're not performing. And so I think there's some practices that work for those that love Jesus and those that are on a journey that, you know, that maybe are exploring who he is or he's pursuing them. And it's this idea of just really releasing judgment and embracing, like when you notice yourself judging yourself for eating the Oreo cookies or whatever it is, whatever the thing is for cussing, because we're talking about that for cussing, it's recognizing it. Okay. I, I did the thing and I, whatever, maybe I feel shame about it, whatever. And I'm going to judge myself for it because somebody else has judged me for it. It's embracing it and let us embrace it embrace the judgment, whatever the judgment is. And there's some pretty big ones that we can judge ourselves on the way we yelled at our kids. And then it's just, it's allowing ourselves. It's these actions of forgiveness. Like, oh, yeah, you did it again. It's okay. It's all right, sweetheart. You did it again. I see you and I love you. I choose you. And then finally, I'm grateful for you. And just working through those as we come up into the places that we judge ourselves and we're constantly doing it. And that's why we're doing it to others now is because we're constantly doing it to ourselves. And ultimately, this is what I know about God is that he won't let this injustice sit. He won't let it sit. He won't let it stand. He is our judge. And that's a good thing. It's a really good thing. That's so good, Kim. And that's self-compassion, right? Like being able to offer yourself compassion for those parts of yourself that are less than flattering. What I find interesting is, so what Pam was speaking to, and somebody was speaking to this earlier, is the recognition, and I've talked about this on the Take Up Your Map podcast before, but it's the recognition that given the causes and conditions of someone's life, I would be where they are. And my spiritual director and I joke all the time that I'd actually probably be worse off. But it's the recognition of if I too had the causes and conditions of their life, their ancestry, their family, their family's habits, X, Y, Z, I would be where they are. And then two, the other side is recognizing, like I was saying, those unflattering things in your own mind. It's interesting in our minds, we are the criticizer, the criticized, and we also have the ability to give ourselves compassion. And for me as a Christian, I partner with the Holy Spirit in that. But for those of you who maybe that doesn't feel comfortable in those moments when those critical or judgmental thoughts arise and you actually begin to recognize them because that's the issue is that most of us just think that that's normal, right? Like these, these harsh criticisms of ourselves, but when we can recognize they're, that they're there, this judgment. And as Kim was saying, like, I'm like, Oh darling, that hurts. Like, I know that hurts and beginning to be kind and compassionate and forgiving. There's a phrase that I like 
to use. And it's, may I love and accept myself exactly as I am in this moment. And for me, again, as a Christian, I always add in Jesus' name, I declare it. But for those of you who just want to start somewhere, I would highly encourage you to place your hands on your heart, which releases oxytocin in the body, which is the love hormone, and give yourself compassion and offer yourself that wish of may I love and accept myself exactly as I am in this moment. And just see how you feel. I want to talk to the flip side of that though, Kelsey. I recognize about four emotions in my body. Carrie recognizes 842. She knows all the shades. I can recognize anger, happy, sad, content. That's me. But what I notice, it's not that I'm, I'm pretty forgiving of myself. It's when I notice that other people are triggering me that stop and just taking a moment to ask why, because I know it's something in me that it's not them. It's something in me that I now have to stop and explore. I don't have to, I choose to, uh, that I never used to. It was them. And now I recognize that it's me. Have you guys heard of Byron Katie? Have you ever done the work of Byron Katie? It's shadow work, which is exactly what you're talking about, Mia. And I went through this whole thing where I was like kind of coached in that um, for this person who was just, she was triggering me. But it was a thing in her that was triggering me that I hadn't resolved in myself, right? And they do this exercise where you actually, you go to a bus stop and your shadow comes off the bus. And she sits by you on the bench and you like give her a name. And you start to talk to her and you have to think of three things that she's um, taken from you. Like possibly your freedom or you know, your ability to connect with somebody else or you, know, you think of what she's taken from you, but then you have to think of three things she's given you and you have to thank her. And it's so freed me. I love this person now that I went into this, like to try to figure out. Anyway, it's too much to explain right here, but look up Byron Katie, the work. That is so good. It's life changing. Like it's very, because what you're talking about is that mirror thing where we go, oh, she's really bugging me. And whatever's really bugging you is the thing that you need to heal, right? So yeah, fascinating work. But she's, she's just amazing. It's four questions. It's, she takes you through questions and then there's like more you can do, but she has a bunch of free stuff on her website and everything. And I had somebody on the podcast who does, is a, like she's a coach for Byron Katie. And so she came on and she did a whole session and you can just listen on the podcast. It's so good hearing somebody kind of go through that and be like, you know, and she didn't go into like the shadow getting off the bus and all of that. That was a different thing. But um, Anyway, I love this, you guys. I love this conversation. What other scriptures, we brought up a couple scriptures. And I think for me, when I started understanding, when I connected with Jesus, it was, it was overwhelming. Cause I was like, now I have to read 
everything in the Bible, right? But the way to grow in your faith is to get into God's word. The way to understand who Jesus is, is to get into God's word. What would you recommend? Like, where would you start? Because I think people are like, well, I'm going to start at Genesis and read through the whole Bible. I'm like, oh, no, no. Like, that's a lot, right? Do you guys have a favorite book? John. Yeah, for sure. That's what came to mind, too. I was a baby Christian. I met my husband when I was 17. We were dating. Met my now husband when we were 17, and I came to know the Lord through him, and he gave me a Bible. And it was so sweet. He wrote a note in the very opening page, and it said, when I first came to know the Lord, I didn't know where to start. And he gave me like four or five scriptures. And so I love that, Sue, because it was a, a nice place to go. So you just don't open up at Genesis and quit at Leviticus, right? Yes. So, um, yeah, John. John is a great gospel. Any of the Psalms, I'd love to hang out in the Psalms. I find a lot of hope in the Psalms. I love that. Um, I don't know if any of y'all have read the uh, Angie Smith. Do you know who I'm talking about? She has a book, um, and it's called Seamless. And I don't know if it would be for a complete, like, you know, maybe not so, maybe it's someone who's heard the word of God, thinks they want to hear more. They don't know if they believe or don't believe. But it is amazingly simple, and it is the gospel story, and it is the big picture. It's the overview of the entire Bible, and it is awesome. Like, I have learned so much. And I really have tried to commit it to like the framework of the Bible. So I understand when I do like just go and read a verse here and there, I kind of understand a little bit about where it's coming from. But I, I really recommend that. It's, it's awesome. Oh, that's just taking awesome. it, you know, day by day, step by step. And yeah, because it could get really um, overwhelming and it wouldn't make sense to just open the Bible if you didn't. You know, it's like trying to read somebody's history that you've never even, you know, you don't even know the language, really. So we want to start with just, like, we're infants. Well, and that's what, when I read the Gospels, I was really confused because it was like, okay, Jesus is a Jew, but he's telling it. It just was like everything was in a blender. Um, what to do, what not to do, Old Testament, New Testament, all of this. I would honestly suggest um, like any Beth Moore study to start yeah. with. Love her. Yeah. I guess if we're going to recommend books, um, John Ortberg wrote a book years ago called The Life You've Always Wanted. And it's kind of like, it's spiritual formation. So it's the steps of how to grow into Christ-likeness and that, you know, how to grow into a loving relationship with the Lord. And I think ultimately when I think of somebody that's new to the faith has just come to the Lord, um, that's my hope for them and my prayer for them is that they will grow into a loving relationship with the Lord. Not all the rules, not all the have-tos and not have-to in the history and the culture, all of that is good stuff, but it's not the best stuff. The best stuff is that loving relationship with the Lord. So that book I think was really, really profound and it's, it's written in just common English, you know, just really, it had like tips on how to grow. And that was one of the first books I read as a new believer. And I think that set me on the journey of, what was that? What was the name? 
uh, The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. Thank you. I think, so yeah. For the people who are listening, I'm going to make a list of these and I'll put them in the show notes so everybody can see them. But thank you. You know, thanks for, oh, yeah. go ahead, Carrie. I was just thinking, um, I'm going to be teaching a Bible study in September on um, the life cycle of a soul and just the stage of spiritual development. So that might be a great resource if you are newer to Christ. Learning Not just a great resource. It's an excellent resource. I've read the manual several times and it's profound. It's profound. It, people should be reading this yearly to just kind of see where they're at and participate with the practices that would be helpful for the season they're in, in their soul, because we move in and out of them. It's really, really well written. Carrie has a really great way of taking intangibles and making them tangible. So I'm just, she doesn't want to sell herself, but I'm going to do it for her. She's just really, really good. It's really good. You guys. Yeah. So Carrie, how do people sign up one? Cause I want to sign up, but maybe people listening want to sign up. Do you have a way? Kim would be the better person to ask for that. I believe um, if you go to the Holy Yoga Foundation website, I believe so www.holyyogafoundation.org and yeah. you find the sign up there and I can also send you the link Sue for the show notes. Perfect. And it's a way that you can um, do it on your own, but you could invite some friends on zoom like this. Yeah. Do the video and then come together and have conversation around it. You know, do some community in this weird season that we're in, you know, virtual community. Awesome. Yeah. Guys, will you be my Bible study um, Zoom buddies? Because I would like to do it in community with you. But um, what I was going to say is, for me, um, the Bible was like the Wild West. Mm -hmm. I grew up as a Christian child raised in church, and never did I understand the Bible. I was like, this thing is just meant to beat me over the head and tell me why I'm failing and how I'm a horrible person. That's how it felt. And coming back to faith two and a half years ago, reconnecting with God, I was like, what is this thing? It doesn't make sense. It's really overwhelming. And so having tools like Carrie's Bible study, I would highly encourage anybody who's just like, I haven't like literally, so I did my whole yoga teacher training in the fall of 2018. So I guess two years ago, I hadn't picked up a Bible in 10 years. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing. What is it? I don't get it. And something I found really, really helpful was I've actually been using a devotional by Sarah Young called Jesus Calling. Oh, I um, love that. It's so good. And it's so digestible. And there's like three or four scriptures at the end of every um, devotional. And it just gives you like a bite-sized morsel. And you can read more around it if you want more context or just take it for what it is. Um, I was also going to say the book of John and Romans. I do like those two books. Yeah. And my favorite verse of all time is John 14, 27, which says, my peace I give to you, my peace I live with you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It's probably the only verse I've memorized. So good. That's why I have this tattoo. Aww. All right. So. I just wrote down John 14, 27, because I love that verse. And I know you said you love John and you love Romans and you love Jesus calling. I just want to make sure I'm getting all this because I know people are listening and they're like, wait, what was that? So if they're on a walk or something, they can go check it out and I'll have it all in the notes. And I want to ask you guys before we go, um, 
How do people listen to your podcast? Where can they find it? What's it called? Give us all the skinny. It's called Take Up Your Mat. And we've got a website, takeupyourmat.net. But it is available on um, just about every format. Um, Apple, Stitcher, uh, don't make me name them all. I won't. <laughs> I'll put a link. Spotify. We're really big in Finland. <laughs> Go Finland. Right. And every week you get together and talk about another verse and kind of how it affected each of you or how God revealed himself to each of you within that verse, right? It's so awesome, you guys. I love what you talk about. I love, I think it's so important to see women um, sharing and having like the thing about all of you guys that I love when, as I'm doing this and I'm watching you all talk and kind of jump in one after the other is you're all really strong and you're all really smart and you're all really faithful and you all have so much to offer. And we need more of that. We need more women owning their gifting and speaking the truth in, in wisdom and in you know, kindness and in humility, as we talked about. But there was something I wrote down, and I, now I can't remember who said it, um, but it was about, and, and maybe it was Kelsey about, or I can't remember now, but it was about bringing wisdom to the table. Who said that? Yes, Wendy. We need more of that. You know, I think sometimes we sit around and we go, where are the grown-ups? Like I'm still a 24 year old and God's like, that's you, honey. Game time, right? Like get up, speak what you know. Like I have shown you, I have sewn into you. You have spent hours crying on your yoga mat. You have spent hours in the word. You have done Bible study after Bible study. You are in community with strong women. It's time to speak up. And I think that's the thing that's happening now is like everyone's looking around like, wait, he's supposed to be the leader. She's supposed to be the leader. And we're like, whoa, what's going on? And we get to embrace what God's shown us and show up as the leaders. Yeah. You know, he says we're anointed and equipped. Sorry. He gives us that authority, right? And so it's like, how do we get out of our own way and we're not worry about saying it perfectly? just sharing it. And that's what I love what you do. So go ahead, Kimberly. Sorry. Well, I was just saying there's been this word that's kind of been circling for many of us since January. I've been talking about it a lot and it's Isaiah and um, those that trust in the Lord will soar on wings like eagles. They'll walk and not grow weary. They'll run and not grow faint. And so I really believe in this season, we will see eagle leaders rise up. We're starting to see them. It's going to come. It's, I think I, we're in the midst of some of them, each of you. And what happens is I have eagles flying over my house all the time and they get up above the clouds and they can see things for miles, right? So they get that 50,000 foot view and they know where to move and they're wise and they're, they're scanning the horizon. And so I think that's what we're going to start to see 
in our culture is, and that's what I'm believing for. That's what I'm praying for is to God, that God would rise up these wise eagle leaders that get above and can see above the clouds and above the noise and above the fear and all the things and, and lead and lead and encourage. And that's what you're talking about, Sue. And it's happening. Just to add to that too, um, if you don't mind, I was just, cause I, I've been seeing this post on Facebook and I think it's like a Brene, Brene Brown quote and it talks about, um, now let's see if I can get it together and I remember it, but, um, like basically because of this time there's shame because people feel like they don't have a sphere of influence. So I've really been thinking about that. And I'm like, for me, I've actually stepped out of what I thought was my sphere of influence. And so our, you know, uh, what is the verse that you just said, Kimberly? It's um, our, um, I can't say it like you did, but the way that we fly, the way that we fly under his wing is not going to look the same as the person next to us. And just because our sphere of influence looks different doesn't mean that we should act like them. Like all I need to do is come like simple and authentic and be exactly who he created me to be my truest, deepest part of who I am. He will open those realms of influence and I don't have to, I, I was thinking about Instagram or uh, the um, Snapchat filters. I don't have to put a filter on who I am in order that I can be an influencer of the people that he wants me to influence. Right? Right. Well, I think that's what Amen. we celebrate on Take Up Your Mat is mm -hmm. that God speaks to each of us. And God, what he gives, the download he gives Jen may be different from the download he gives Kim, may be different from the download he gives Wendy, and on and on. And when we come together, these women that I have the pleasure of doing this with, sometimes they'll say something where I'm just like, wow, you know. It, but God, builds on community. God builds on, I'm giving you this download, you this download, now go share it. Because you're, my word never returns to me empty. Yes. And that's the body of Christ. So it's we get good. to be the different, Amen. different parts. He's the head and we're just all the different parts and we need each other yes. for this season specifically. Yeah. For those listeners that may not again, be Christians. A great example of this is um, Phil Jackson, who coached the Bulls in the 90s and coached the Lakers. I, oh, if you haven't watched The Last Dance, please go so do it. Good. It'll change your life. So good. Phil Jackson, if you're listening, um, will you please adopt me? But let's continue. So I love him so dearly. And I was listening to an interview with him and something he talked about. So he brought mindfulness to his teams right in the 90s right. people this was not a thing right right and he was in a uh, super soul interview with oprah like you do and she asked him like why did they let you do this right like why did they practice like a bunch of basketball players like why would they do this and he said because they saw in me what I was bringing to them. And so they believed it and they trusted who I was. And it was so in alignment with who I was as a coach and as a person that they were willing to do it because they trusted me. 
And when we are in alignment with who God made us to be in, in our fullness of our identity, right? To Jen's point, like not being this other person because that's who they are. And we think, well, I need to sound like them or look like them or have the same following or whatever the thing is. And it's like, no, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the only you who has ever you'd on the face of this planet. And when you live that out authentically, people will gravitate towards it. And that is the gift that God has placed within each of us. And it's humbling, right? Like when you can witness that in someone else, one of my teachers always says like, (laughs) yay for you, yay for me, yay for us, yay for them. Uh And when you can, when you feel full in yourself and you can say like, oh, yay for you. Yay for you being you. That's so good. And there's not enough of that in this world. And so I would say to each of you listening, yay for you. Yay for For us. I love that. Great big yes. Okay. I think we're done with our questions. We could go on for like, I I only asked one question, I think. I don't know. But we could talk for hours. Um, But we're going to have to go. But if people want to hear more from you guys, which I know they will, I'm going to put all the links to the podcast and everything and the books we talked about and all this good stuff. But um, I hope we can do this again. And who wants to pray for us on the way out? Well, I will. (laughs) I'll pray for you. Thanks, Carrie. Oh, Lord, you are so good. You are so good. It's just real. It's not cliche. It's not just, we're not just saying it. We know it to the depths of our heels, Lord. That you're good and your promises are good. So thank you. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for Sue. Thank you for each person here and for each person listening. They're your creation and such a beautiful idea. And so I just pray life and hope and blessing and love over each person. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank Um, you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.